another episode of Soul Building, where you get your soul fed. I'm Tiffany. I'm Jasmine. And I'm Kobe. And we are so freaking excited today because we have a very special Ooh. guest here, Pierre, <laughs> Alex, Jinty. <laughs> we are so glad you are here. Tell the people about you. Unless you want us just to gas you up, but um, gas them better. But I will say first, it is an honor to be uh, to be here. So I'll start with that because I don't know how to gas myself up. So uh, oh, well, we are our like, professional gasser up. Yes, yes. Like, right. He calls himself the observer of her. Okay, <laughs> he's a poet, poet, poet. an author, an, an author. author. When you yes. read his book, the yes. poet. The words, it just glides off the pages and mm. into your soul. Into your soul. And like I add, his books are published from his own publishing company. Yes. Yes. Come on, y'all. Black man. Yes. Find the books in Barnes and Nobles. Look, I didn't have to order offline. Just go and get it. Yeah. And his book is so popping. I went to three Barnes and Nobles and they were all sold out, y'all. Actually in Target. Target. Oh, I saw that. I saw that. I, I thought like, I had a little gas. <laughs> put you on F. Put you above the F. <laughs> the thing about Target, you can't only just get the book. You gotta get a whole bunch of things. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a good setup. Yes, yeah, so right. a good setup. I'm like, okay, I might need some shoes. Need something for the kitchen. Yeah. But anyways, right. we are so happy you're here. I can't wait to dive in and just. Get all soulful in yes. your books. Right. So we read through um, your books and um, we picked some of our favorite poems. Yes. Um, but we want to like dig deep and analyze them with you. I am all for it. But before we get started, is there anything you want to tell our audience? Yeah, I can introduce myself. Um, obviously, you guys did um, an amazing <laughs> job, so thank you. Uh, you see, I don't say all this stuff. Uh, never said the observer of her <laughs> But um, uh, I self, I started publishing about four years ago. I self-published my first book. Um, and when I started that, I had a different brand, Gentlemanhood, which is actually back here. I, I still have that brand okay. where it was created for men because I felt like we needed a voice. Um, you know, the importance of expressing feelings, getting in tune with your emotions and mm. things like that for men. And uh, the title of the book was Unspoken Feelings of a Gentleman. And I launched that about four years ago, became a full-time author. And um, from there, uh, I actually initially was supposed to be a blogger. Um, and I just literally dropped that and decided I want to be an author. Um, I was still writing blogs because I talk a lot about relationships and people usually uh, find that as wisdom they can use. Um, so after that, uh, a lot of women, I did a tour, and a lot of them were like, well, you have a book for men, and we've read it, and we, you know, we understand, we kind of get a glimpse of what's going on in the man's mind and mm -hmm. so forth. What about us? So that is not how her came about. <laughs> That's okay. what she was saying. I was like, okay. <laughs> no, my, um, yeah, to the women I once loved, which was my second yes. book. Um, and then I did part two of Unspoken Feelings. And right after that, um, it was uh, Valentine's Day, it was getting close. And I used to do Hallmark cards. And I'm like, you know, yeah, maybe right. I should do something that can actually, um, you know, help some women during Valentine's, especially if you're single and you don't want to settle and put yourself in bad situations yes. and things like that. That's me. Because you're, you know, you're longing <laughs> to be celebrated yes. during that time. Right. So 
there goes her. And yes. her was just a lot of uh, small um, quotes. Um, you know, some I, I consider some of them poems or quotes, whatever you want to label it. But the whole idea was to empower women. Um, and it did very well. And right after that, people were like, we want more. Because if you notice, a, a lot of them are short. So then that's how I introduced this, which is her volume two. And, um, and since then, they've been success. There are international bestsellers there in many other countries. Um, I'm actually more popular in the Philippines than really? else. People would not think that. Really? Um, That's I'm, crazy. Yeah, Philippines and Indonesia. Um, they, awesome. they have a large following, a large amount of users on Facebook um, there in Indonesia. And um, I've been able, because through my publishing company, and I've built some partners, and we've been able to get the books there. And surprisingly, most of them, like, it's like I have a... One, I'm just discussing numbers, but I have 1.2 million followers on Facebook, mm -hmm. and half of that is from Philippines. Wow! <laughs> yes, it's crazy. It's crazy. That is and it's like my Instagram, there's a lot of US users, but most of them are from Indonesia. So when you go to those major bookstores there, my book is always in the top, top. 30, top 100 at least, wow. um, depending on whether I'm supplying or not, because mm -hmm. kind of me being a pu publisher, mm -hmm. supply and demand factor, and, and sometimes yeah. it can be tough as a small business owner, but um, yeah, so I published this, and now, um, you know, earlier, we are in September, so last month mm -hmm. on my 30th birthday, I released him, mm -hmm. which I felt was um, the other side of it, because I always try to write from a balanced perspective. It's mm -hmm. not, you know, I, I love the idea of giving women praise and empowering them, but mm -hmm. also there are good men and they need the same as well. Absolutely. So it goes back to my, you know, my initial uh, focus of men, mm -hmm. but also incorporating women. So that's pretty much about um, about me. And again, you know, I have a wife um, and two kids and um, I, you know, I, I meantime, I run my publishing company. I help other authors. Once I became successful, I thought it was very important to help others. And um, I have about five authors now, and they are growing. So, so yeah, this is where I am at. This I'm is crazy. Wow. wow. Just like, our gas was not equal to your gas. <laughs> you said it. So I'm like, hold up, this man is only 30 years old, had a wife, two kids, yes. a publishing company, he's a whole author, international. <laughs> That's amazing. Like, where did you I am inspired. Right I want like, to work harder for myself. Yeah. How? Like, how? It's what crazy. were you doing before you started blogging? Keep before I blog, when did I start blogging? Before I blog, actually, I worked at a propane company. Okay. Um, you know, after, you know, I, again, you guys may know I'm from Haiti. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, when I came here, I learned English through cartoon, the whole story. Um, and after that, I followed the path of like education. I'm going, uh, I'm going to college, you know, it was mm -hmm. embedded in me. Well, it wasn't embedded in me from the beginning. It was like towards my freshman year. After my father was murdered, that my um, counselor came in and was like, look, you know, you have a lot of potential, you should go forward, and he introduced me to a bunch of different Ivy League boarding schools. So I ended up going to school in Maine, and after that, um, you know, I dropped out of school, it was informed me, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I could not figure it out, and throughout, mm -hmm. you know, after I quit, uh, you know, I dropped out of college, I tried different things wasn't working. I was making music for a while. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> Believe it or Writing? not, Genius yeah. Publishing, uh -huh. the whole, it, because my actual name was A Genius,
but the genius is spelled with my last name. Uh -huh. You know, I noticed that. Um, and you know, that's where the writing came about. I'm glad you mm -hmm. picked that up. So, so um, after that, that didn't work out. Then I eventually got a job. Well, settled into reality a bit and got mm -hmm. a job at a propane company. And during the time I was working there, a lot of it was I was living on enough and just stashing money away in a 401k. And uh, even when I got a raise, you know, it's like I think I was making like 10 bucks an hour and they bumped me to like 14 bucks and I still live off 10 bucks an hour. So and sorry. All that putting in. And I think it's necessary to share that because it's kind of like it was the groundwork for my success. Because mm -hmm. then when I quit my job, the only thing I had to worry about a my car i could possibly yes. lose my car but then it was like okay i've been but be, between that time i was one of you know I, I was active on twitter in 2009 when people barely mm -hmm. knew what twitter was so mm -hmm. my idea you know that's that's one of the things that helped my success because i jumped on things as they started i was on instagram when it was a gated community and most people didn't know android was not allowed android was not allowed the first day android Enjoy got up Instagram, I gained like a bunch of followers and I'm like, this is good. <laughs> so you're talking about I've been on Instagram for the last since probably 2010, at least 2011. Wow. You're talking about, whoa, shoot, this is since yeah. Oh wow. We so I've been high school. I mean, yeah. Well yeah, so I've been around this stuff for a while and which is which contributes wow. to my success. But um but yeah, so I decided, you know, from there, I was already putting out the content on Twitter and so forth. And, um, and people were gravitating to it, which led to me being here. Um, yeah, so, so it's kind of, I left the propane company to be, um, you know, it was a, a step of faith, really. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was scary. It was, <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is, Entrepreneurship is still somewhat scary, because see, I take major risks. It's like, I just got a deal with Target, and that, that was a major step. <laughs> it was a major risk. And, and you know, you kind of, and now they're coming back. They want these two books, actually. Oh, That's how I yes. That's like, yeah, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's a, that's the, that's a long answer of what I was doing before. Kind of give you the rundown. No, yes. that was amazing. It's so inspiring. And I'm so glad you tell people to live within their means. Because mm -hmm. I was actually listening to something. I'm trying to start being a minimalist mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. I was watching this YouTube video and it was talking about when people like get more money, they, mm -hmm. they, uh, they go with their money yes. and they change their lifestyle. But mm -hmm. you need to stay the same lifestyle and just let your money keep growing. Really? But anyway, so I'm glad you said that because um, we need some financial literacy here. <laughs> it's, it's, it's necessary because kind of it, people that you know, there people who there's people who make six figures and they're still broke because of right. the idea mm -hmm. that look, you know, I'm gonna use it all. If I have it, I gotta use it because right. it's gonna keep coming. But you never know when it stops. So, so even now, I still live off the same amount I was living when I was. When I had, well, now I have kids and, mm -hmm. and all that to factor in, but um, I never increased my income, uh, my spending, mm -hmm. just because it has right. to be necessary. And I think it's, it's a healthy balance. And that's what a lot of su successful people, it's like you know, Mark Zuckerberg, you ever seen him like in a Gucci yeah. suit or something like <laughs> that? <laughs> you can you know, imagine. Yeah, it's, and, and I think, you know, there's some people, I mean, it's good to have nice things if you can afford them, but it's like you stay between your means, but you give yourself that space because then you have that, you know, maybe a savings or 401k built up. So whenever you do take that step, you're not mm -hmm. just like, ah, hopefully I make it. And a lot of people fail that way.
because they don't have any backup. You, 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 you know, there is the idea of being successful without a plan B, and that's perfectly fine. But it's a lot easier to prove when you have mm -hmm. at least some resources available. Because if anything would have went wrong, you know, the first year, I may have, you know, I even had a time where I had to go back to work. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I didn't go back to work because I had to. It was because then I got caught up in the idea of I just got married, funded, you know, paid for the wedding and everything else. We took care. Of, I took care of a lot of the stuff, and um, it was more of like, okay, as an author, I'm living off this, and I just funded all this. I don't have any extra for resources, and I actually went back to my old job. And a lot of people could not understand it. Right. They're like, mm -hmm. well, you, you know, you. You were popular off and on, right. books everywhere and things like that. But that was when I had just um, two books. And and right after that was actually it was during that time I wrote her. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. her became a success. And even when her while her was successful, I still kept working until I earned out my time and I'm like, okay, when I'm leaving, the extra is there and we could invest. Because mm. the extra or one part of the extra you want to make sure you're investing in. Okay. Um, except for the growth of your business. Because yeah. the, if it's making, if, if, if my books are selling, I want to make sure I'm trying to get them to sell more. Right. Not just, you know, a lot of people relax whenever they taste success. Um, and that's one thing I think, you know, most of the people who know me, even some of the authors who come in my publishing company, they're like, you do not stop. Like, <laughs> what? Uh, you just stop. I mean, before I released him in August, why was it pre-order? Everyone was getting on pre-order. I wrote a small book because the idea came to me and I felt apologies that never came. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. I felt it was necessary because there was, I kept talking to a lot of people who've been through breakup. And I was like, new is just the idea of them finding closure and they right. not know. Mm -hmm. And they felt like when they were, they were hurting, no one knew, you know, felt what they felt and so forth. So I wrote it from the perspective, as a man, I'm apologizing I, as if I was your partner. You know, I'm sorry for these things. I'm sorry for that thing. And then I, I, uh, it's, I would say it's more poetic because of the fact that it, it does um, take you to the, let's say the, the current moment of what you may be feeling and thinking about. Mm -hmm. um, and I released it and people thought, well, you're crazy right before a book launch and it did not hurt one bit. Hmm. I just love this so much. Are y'all overwhelmed? Like I, I am. <laughs> but you know, you actually answered one of my questions. Cause I was gonna ask, mm -hmm. you know, what experiences you know kind of led to these different books. Like, did you actually observe people, or you know, yeah. interview people, or was it from your own experiences? A lot of it is from my experience, um, but more so. You've been hurt, right? <laughs> so you've been hurt. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> Who did? No, yeah, um, it's it's a balanced thing because I was talking about this on a radio station um, earlier where um, it it is all it's mainly my experiences, but it's also when I say about those experiences, there's a lot of things I've observed to where the people came to me and we talked about the relationship because people ask me relationship advice all the time, especially when I wasn't, when I wasn't, you know, let's say, like at your successful, job? or, mm -hmm. I'm like, like at your job, like friends, coaches, yeah, just friends, it was, I, I, there were people that I would talk to on a consistent basis wow. about relationship, and that's where they're like, well, you might as well coach, <laughs> right, you be a relationship coach, <laughs> right, well, well, and that's what this idea came up, Pierre saved my so marriage, <laughs> <laughs> 
So, uh, so when I say my experiences, those things have become part of me. It wasn't necessarily I heard someone's story and I said it's just mm-hmm. I sat there and listened and counseled the person to where you went back and then come back like, mm. oh, that's what happened. <laughs> oh, back up. <laughs> so it was a lot of that, and and I've had my own share of hurt. And uh, every time I get hurt, you know, every time I relation a relationship, and I usually just pause. And um, you know, most of in between my relationships. There's always been like a year or three year gap because oh, you want to spend that time staying back, reflecting, learning, yes. and and that's how I learn a lot of the stuff I say too. Because after that's why one of my book is titled "To the Women I Once Loved" because the whole idea is reflecting on these are the things I learned about from those women. These are the mm-hmm. things that um, you don't realize you pick up. I'm sorry, you pick up from different relationships. So. I felt like it was necessary to discuss them. So when you talk about when when I write these books, it's I've they've become part of me. You know the experiences, the lessons, and everything else. Um, and and that's why it's, I think it's relatable. Mm-hmm. And that's what you said when we were yes. talking because it's real. Um, so it's not that I'm creating. Hey, you are the star of, yeah. of Mars or something like that. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I. I like I needed to bring it to, to the level of where I'm at so people can actually, um, you know, the whole idea is to make you feel you're not alone or mm-hmm. make empower you and so forth. So it had to be realistic to me. So I love that. I have like a ton of questions. Yeah. But I guess like my question is, it's more like, because I'm really into like business and people taking the leaps of faith and mm-hmm. things of that nature. So it just seems like you were moved by like, what moved you to go to each step? Cause like you said, you left your job and then you worked on being an author and then you got your job again. And then you were about to release a book and then you released another book, even though people weren't telling you like, why are you doing this? So I like, what, what do you put your basis on when you, when you make different moves, like different business moves? To be honest, it's that little voice inside. Um, but a lot of it is I'm very passionate about what I do. So it's not, uh, it's never, you know, I don't think, I don't, the fear is never loud enough when it comes to, mm. because a passion always, it's what drives me because I'm, I'm literally, her was like, look, why not, why don't I put all these so small, um, quotes that I have, that I've had, you know, why don't I just put them together and make a book where it could help people. So the first thing that came to mind was. I just needed to do it. I didn't think about what it was going to cost. What is it? And during that time, that week, I was actually sick. I was sick in bed because I didn't go to the work that I was, to the job that I was doing. And I had flexible hours because they know I didn't need a job. It was more like, well, thank God you're here, so we're going to use you. Yeah. Uh, so I sat and wrote the book, and everything in me was like, look, I'm going to launch it. It's going to be good because people are looking for this. So I'm always feeding off my audience, but always that voice of passion. And I do believe. Uh, sometimes it is godly wisdom, and uh, you know, mm-hmm. you guys being praying, it is godly wisdom because yes. um, kind of it is I've always wanted to to launch into the entrepreneurship, and I pray about it, and I, and I do feel feel God hand being that He's my provider is ended. So um, it's, but I will say a lot of it is a passion because it makes no sense that the book that I released right before and it made no sense for me to do it, but I felt the need to do it in forty eight hours. I did. I wrote it. I did not. And, and it's actually longer than, than, than her. Took a week. Oh, um, that's wow. so short. That's yeah, it, it's but you like popping books. <laughs> no, no, but then, that's why when you move with that, because it was like I told my wife, yes. I want to write this book. 
Um, you know, I think it may, may be crazy uh, if, if the, when I'm done releasing, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, I want to write this book. I told my wife, look, um, I'm going to stay up. I stayed in the office and, and I started writing around 6 o'clock. And I accidentally saved over the file. And that was for me like, okay, quit, just stop, stop right there. So I stayed, and I stayed in the office till 10 o'clock, went home, stayed at 3. I even have it on my story where I was, I was looking for the fridge for the quickest thing to, to cook. And I cooked, I was getting coffee, and I cooked shrimp. And my assistant thought it was disgusting. I was having coffee <laughs> and shrimp. Yeah. <laughs> it's late now, you're hungry. There's shrimp there. Right. It was easy to cook. It's fast. Mm -hmm. uh, so, but... I went to sleep at three o'clock, woke up in the morning, added more to it, and, I, and I'm like, like, and the fortunate thing for me as a publisher, I could release whenever I want. Sure. I could do whatever. Literally the book cover, everything, uh, I think is, is, is genius, and we created that all within 48 hours. My assistant um, does a lot of my graphic design too um, when it comes to those. So we got a, 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 a notepad, and I wrote apologies that never came on there, and she digitalized it, and I pour some coffee on there. Love it. So it has a little coffee stain in there. That. It's a nice book. Mm -hmm. And I've been holding out on how much of, you know, before I, I'm not even letting it out. And I'm actually talking to a publisher where I'm like, this is a book that I could give to someone else to do it. Um, but, but yeah, so passion. Once you're passionate, and that's why I tell people when they ask me any advice, I'm like, you want to find what you're passionate about. Because me, it's it's not necessarily the money game or anything, and it's, it's I'm always you know there's so many sacrifices. Sometimes I get free books. It's like right now uh, in Target, there's there's a few books that had a few errors in them, um, and soon people mention I'm like, look, just call me. I'll you know, just contact me. I get free books, whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, I talk to different people. I'm always in my DM answering questions um, and helping people because you know you may not catch me in my comments, but the DM I feel is more personal and I help yes. people. So it's like. It's a lot. Um, it's a lot better, but it's more passion. You have to let that drive. Oh, I love that. I love how you said passion. So, would you say that you had that same amount of passion when you were doing music, and it essentially led you to your <gasps> writing oh. per se, or would you say that mm, that was just kind of something that led you along your way, and then you found like, oh man, this is really this is it type deal. That's it right there. <laughs> uh, music, it was the idea of trying to be as creative as possible. Mm -hmm. Which even that I haven't tapped in in my writing. That's why I have another pen name that most, most people don't know. Uh -oh. And it gives me my creative wordplay style. Because this is more simplicity, it's different audience. But I have that wordplay style that like, ooh, you got to this one for the bars. But the writing did start leading a path because... Be, I mean the the music because before the music I wasn't sure about how much I know I had the language barrier because mm -hmm. I didn't know as much English I still had I still have an accent from time to time well probably to different people some people can't detect it but if I'm amongst a bunch of Haitians that's probably why yeah. <laughs> um, but it was um, you know it gave me that confidence because I was like I wrote this I thought of this and that, and the delivery stuck, but eventually, you know, even now I still play around freestyle. It's not my cup of tea there. I'm like, you know, you kind of grow out of it. Yeah. But it led to this because some of the old stuff, I remember I wrote one whole, um, one song um, using the whole idea of um, using keyboards, internet to describe how I met, you know, the, uh, a girl I was dating this time. Oh, wow. um, it was, it was, I thought it was the coolest thing ever, and I still read it. I'm like, nah. 
But I could, <laughs> you know, I was like, but then I, I, I polished those things up and put them in writing. And those, I look at, I'm wish I would save all my old songs because then, I don't know, I was, I was, um, I guess the creative juice was there because I was always listening to a lot of music mm-hmm. and, um, and so forth. And, you know, I listened to a lot of underground rappers during that time. Um, but, and I think also there's a difference between writing and, and even writing and spoken word and, and rapping. Yeah. Because, you know, the delivery I could drop on spoken word may not make too much sense in writing. It's like, mm. But how you pronounce it matters. Mm, um, and, and I think that's probably the difference too. So I'm even thinking about eventually doing spoken word or just going back to just if I, if I rap, make songs, like kind of more love songs per se mm-hmm. so you know I, I never could rap about drugs getting money or any <laughs> I can never see you doing that I never could do it it just it, and Your I'm like daughter be like dad <laughs> you know how many 30 year olds right you're right you're right you know I feel but, like you're missing that good old school R&B you know the music soul child the Mario you know we just you right I listen to I call her Sage, but I got corrected. It's Sandy. Oh, I listen to her, to, to her song. I listen to. I used to in college, I listened to a lot of poetry. I listened to a lot of yes. So you know, I was always in the, and when I met my wife, that was one of the things that clicked. We both like old school music. We listen mm-hmm. to that stuff. So my wife, like, we have night, and not too long ago, she played a bunch of old R and B, and it was like nice until she played the YouTube videos, and I'm like, those videos suck. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> were they like, doing covers of the art? Were they doing covers of the R and B songs or? No, they were the real, the real old school R and B songs. Oh, the videos! And, and, oh uh, my god! The quality compared to now. Oh, they just They just in the shower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, yeah, I didn't I need the that. visual, I just needed the audio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those songs are perfect, just audio. Yes. <laughs> but, um, but that's always one of the things to connect with. And, and I think during those times, it, it helped a lot of that um, connect with my emotional side, too. Because before, it was, I listened to people would not, as a young kid, I used to like Little John and Crump stuff. I, I live in Florida, it was down south. Yes. It was just like, nuck, if you and I was like a quiet kid in the bus. <laughs> it's like, what? But, um, you know, now it's like, if I ever listen to like any um, hip hop rap music, it's, it's um, Christian rap. I listen to a lot of Andy Mineo, one of my favorite artists. Hey, yeah, yeah. Andy, yeah. I've been to one of his concerts, but I listen to Swoop a lot. Swoop is like the underground lyrical guy. I'm at the guy. Google yeah, S O O P E. He is like the because I used to like underground rap. I like the depth and the mm-hmm. storytelling. And Swoop actually came in there, and I'm like, oh shit, I might have to listen to all like mainstream Christian rap. Right. There, there he goes. So it was just like, right. Yeah. Even now, I feel I anything he drops, I, I just get it. Just because. Mm-hmm. You care of Toby? I was gonna say Toby's about to play one for you. Yeah, Toby. Toby, you play? Yes. Oh. Told, he's, he's a, a Houston, Houston rapper. Yes. Like I can't, I don't want to call him a Christian rapper because it doesn't yeah, feel yeah. like it's it a Christian does. rapper, but he rap about God. It's yes. so like he's blowing up. I, I, yeah, I, I change that. He's <laughs> so good. Because I always, I always look for that because I, I music, you're gonna love I'm picky 
about music, mm. especially you now. Know. You're gonna love him. Yeah, trust like, us. And his wife is partnered with him. They're just so beautiful. Yes. Like she actually is featured in his song. She's there with him, recording Everywhere. all the videos, the audio. Oh. So you gotta really like you're check gonna, him out on Instagram. On um, so you can see the actual videos and the effort that they put behind the scenes. I think you'll love it. We're gonna we're gonna put you on game. (laughs) (laughs) Just film a video in here. Shout out to uh, yes, we're recording in proper proper proper. proper. (laughs) Like how do you say that proper? (laughs) We're gonna record a video in here anyway. We're gonna put you on game. So I guess it's time to dive into some of these books. Really, yeah, I want to go back real quick. Just yeah, I don't even know if this is a question, but I just love, love, love how authentic you was and just letting the, our viewers and the world know that. And, and one thing in particular, when you mentioned um, how you used to make $10 an hour and then when you got that raise, you making $14, $15 an hour, you still stayed beneath or in your means, so to speak. And I just think about that because people often say, I don't have enough money. I don't have enough money, but he right. did this by optimizing every resource around him and making ten. Because most people say, "I need to wait till I'm, I got a thirty k salary. Yeah. I gotta wait till I got a forty k, fifty k salary to do yeah. this." But you was doing this with like the the normal fresh out of college or, or anyone that you don't even need a college degree to have this normal income. So dreams can become your reality, your passion per se income your reality just by optimizing the things and the resources that you the cash flow that you actually do have it coming to you now you don't need uh twenty dollars an hour to do that and i just love how you capitalized on that yeah and it's and that self-discipline is necessary because it's it's easy for someone to live on 14 bucks an hour mm-hmm. because you're like first of all i wasn't making enough as it is but then when it was just like, to me it was more like if i lived off it before i can't live off it <laughs> right <laughs> And, and that's where the switch, where that's where the passion, uh, you know, setting yourself properly, um, the wisdom would be the right word, and mm-hmm. it's necessary. If you're gonna, your future, you know, if if you, it's like you guys, you're starting a podcast, you start here. Mm-hmm. If this is all you can afford, stay here, and even when you can afford it, make sure, you know, you set yourself when. You can't afford it, you know, you could, once you afford it, you, you could be backed up for six months really? um, by whatever you have saved, because what happened, Soon you see the, the means to go to a higher, bigger facility. You're like, let's right. go. But most people don't think about it that now, okay, hold on. You know, you know, can I save? You know, the optimiz- um, optimization you're talking about. But mm-hmm. it's very necessary for entrepreneurs. And I say this to you guys, I think you're starting something. It's necessary. It's what mm-hmm. I live by. I still live by it and still work with. Um, it's necessary. But I don't mean it. And, you know, you got questions. And oh, stuff no, like that's that. good. This is part of, part of <laughs> it. It made me think about another question. Okay. I just want to ask you this. Because I already, I feel like I know the answer. But anyways, do you feel like you're aligned with God's purpose for your life? Yeah, I, I, I don't necessarily. There, there's two sides of this coin. I do believe that is an occupation God had for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, cause one, I do help people, but I don't call it a ministry or any mm-hmm. of that because I do feel eventually if God, when God put me in ministry, whatever it is solely for the king, kingdom, that I consider that is a calling, but this I consider an occupation. Because mm-hmm. you think about it, anybody, unless you're a pastor who's a full-time pastor or whatever, anybody, there's a lot of people serving in ministry they still have a job or whatever it is. That's right. the occupation. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily a call. They're not called to be at their job right. <laughs> that they hate. Yeah. They're not called for that. So 
me, the whole idea now is like, look, I know God has his hand in there because of the provision. And, and obviously, I keep my hands clean and, and how I do things mm. um, and the passions there. And um, But I do feel like eventually he will come into ministry. So when people ask me, I'm always like, and that's why I don't even say, I can't just say God built this. Because the idea of God building this, yes, but it... I'm more, when I say that, it's more when he sent me out like Alex, you're going to be, let's say, a teacher of the word or whatever. And I know it's 100% him, um, not me with my imaginations and creations and things like that, which he instilled in me, mm-hmm. but then that's what he instilled me for my occupation. Gotcha. So if you're a good engineer, and he, he, you know, that's what he created you to be, but sometimes he has an actual purpose well, outside of that. And I believe, uh, but I do use my 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 skill set per mm-hmm. se um it's like a fisherman mm-hmm. um, but i still use like my skill set to to provide for the kingdom um, you know i'm very involved in my church and um i love giving to the church so so it's it's it, it has its way he works his way i love that answer i love that answer i really like that answer okay <laughs> because uh, i think a lot of people get like sad like because they feel like their occupation is not their purpose when it doesn't have to be. <laughs> you know what I mean? See, I didn't think about, I've never thought about it though. You have to learn to separate the two because unless, if God didn't tell me, hey, go and quit your job and have this, this is what I'm going to use to preach the gospel mm-hmm. and use you to get the gospel out there, it's not my calling. Right. But he, but he did, with his wisdom, I launched this business and, you know, he helped, obviously, he's been in that as an enemy and built it. So I think when people separate the two, they understand there's, I think, I think someone, um, when, I, when I mentor, called it vocation and occupation. Mm-hmm. Um, once you separate the two, and then I battled with it for a while because when I first started, I was like, can I take this lane? Because God didn't tell me anything about it. And one of my mentors said, well, if I went to the, went to the dentist, I want the dentist to f- fix my teeth. Uh, he could preach to me later on and all that, but I want my teeth fixed yes. at this time. So I need you to work on this. And I thought about it. I'm like, he's like, you write books. Write your books as long as you stay in the boundaries of morality and, and, and everything you know that is right. Um, mm-hmm. But then wait on God. And I think the, the issue is not only they don't separate the two. Some people can't wait. You know, right. for me, you think about it, I have a platform. Oh, you're not using it for God. Well, God haven't told me anything. Now, I've been able to get people personally to ask me questions and mm-hmm. things like that, minister and things like that. But, um, you know, it's more of what he says, not like me just making up stuff myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm in this title. So, yeah. Right. Wow, that's a revelation right there. <laughs> but I, didn't, I didn't know I was struggling with that, but I... <laughs> okay, fine. Let's get into some of my favorite poems, jazz. Copy. Do y'all want to start off with one of y'all's, or should I go into it? Um, one of my—I don't think this is from uh, Volume Two, but uh, something I wrote down was: "If he only knew how sexy consistency was to her, and how beautiful vulnerability was in her eyes, he would not get too comfortable." Ooh. <laughs> right, I don't know. That was one that that caught me. I was just like, mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't y'all just want to buy a book already? <laughs> right. But that was from the first. Uh, first it's a book. Yes. Dang. And if you want me to elaborate, yes. I mean, pretty much say what it is. I think uh, the idea of many people getting um, in relationships with guys, we can get very comfortable. People get comfortable, period. But guys, in terms of. Um, you know, trying to to keep the attention of the woman. Because a lot of things that they preach about is 
women, you must do this to keep him. But the whole idea of, you know, a man, and, and it's not necessarily a battle of keeping him, just, you know, maintaining your relationship. Mm-hmm. And if you're consistent enough, your consistency will speak volumes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it, it, and, and that's the important part is just doing the things that you ought to do, but when you get comfortable, you don't do. It's mm. like I was attracted and I was in shape. Mm-hmm. I got comfortable. Don't you worry about it's hard for me to work out. But mm-hmm. what happened? I got very comfortable in not working out. And I built a whole gym. When I bought a new house, I put a whole gym in there. And every day I walk. Set up. My wife was like, he's crazy about this. He's doing and I literally built it from scratch and everything. I have the machines in and every day I'm walking through. <laughs> <laughs> you walk into that office, right? That's right. Walk into the fashion. Yeah. You know, that really got to me because uh, my current boyfriend, he always is kind of talking about, you know, what turns me on, what, you know, what makes you, you know, just, mm-hmm. you know, turns me on. And I'm like, you know what, don't worry about that. Yeah. You know, I'm like, just be you. You Love know, it. what got me was how you take care of me, you know, how you... He's a handyman, so just doing the things that you love, like, that's sexy to me, you Real. know, because it's calling me, checking on me, you know. Yeah. So Simple that's things. why that's cool. And we can overlook that. Really? Yes. Yes. Especially, it, it, it's easy to overlook the mm-hmm. things that, that you see. You know, it's, it's, I think I've made a comment about this. The things that you've done when you, when you started at the beginning, that's what you got to keep doing. Yes. And sometimes mm-hmm. even I slack off. I get so busy working that I don't get my flowers like I used to. Mm-hmm. We still have conversations. Um, you know, sometimes I do those off. I'm as honest as I can be. Um, and, really? and it's like it's something we're working on because I work a lot. Mm-hmm. And my wife, this year, one of the things I'm working on is slow down. We know you're a little working at them, just slow down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like make that family time, make time for you and me to talk. Mm-hmm. And we're going to make that, uh, you know, that's what we got to do. So I had to make some adjustment. And even that, that applies to me as well. Same thing. Yeah. I like Love that. It. Gotta make adjustments. Yes. I'm glad y'all communicating on it and not just brushing it under the rug. <laughs> you know, we, we, because I write about this stuff and I live um, what I talk about, it's like issues. Same thing. My wife, when we first started, she, she didn't like addressing and facing, confronting issues and things like that. Mm-hmm. When something happened, as, as you know, she could, uh, believe I am the leader, the godly principle. Yes. Not everybody believe that, mm. but she's more. Mm. I, I the way I practice it is more in a serving manner. Well, you know, there's no fight about who's a bigger person, and you know, blah blah. Mm-hmm. I know you don't want to talk to me. I don't want to talk to you. But as a leader, I gotta sit down and talk to you. We're gonna sit yes. down and figure this out. Yes. And we had a couch and always talking, um, and we saw a lot of problem. And I think that's why we have a healthy marriage because we're always tackling issues. You know, just recently, I, I had, again, I had something else I said on the radio station is that, you know, in terms of balancing, taking care of my daughter, who's a newborn, uh, I think I'm always working. And when I come, I, my wife needs a break. And yeah. I didn't realize that. I'm like, well, you're staying on mom. So that's mm-hmm. why we, but then I had to, she had to sit down and even with a mentor, give me some input to say culture to say, men supposed to, you know, they go out and work and the woman take care of the kids, but understand your wife can be tired and my wife voice it and we sit down and we'll cry about it and, and mm. get it um you know get it solved so that's that's a beautiful thing about the marriage it's not only just communication but it has to be honest communication honest where you do lay down those real issues real. and you try to solve them not just mm. bring them up 
Because then if you just bring them up and you just leave, or you don't like that answer, mm-hmm. that, that's as good as, mm-hmm. as nothing. That's all. Uh, something. And then you just mad because they know you still ain't doing nothing. Yeah, like, right. right. It's like, you don't care about my feelings? <laughs> right. That's very huge. We forget that part. I love that. Okay. I'm going to go away from the book again because now that you brought up, brought up leadership, <laughs> me and Jasmine were just talking about this other day because mm-hmm. she was asking me, and I ain't got the answers. She was asking me, <laughs> okay, so y'all say y'all want a leader and a husband and stuff like that. And she was like, but I sometimes feel like, you know, by us being a nurturer, it's kind of like being a leader at the same time. So what do you have, a, like, what's your definition of a leader in a, in a husband role? A, a leader is simply someone who's, you're front line. Okay. It's, it's not necessarily that you have to be super mighty over her or anything. I got to get my wife approval on a lot of stuff. <laughs> real. I, I call my wife. Uh, and literally, as soon as someone says something, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to talk to my wife. Uh, but but I think kind of me understanding my leadership role is that you're first a servant. You know, my whole goal in a, in a leader in my marriage is protecting my wife, providing for our family and doing those things, but also listening to her needs and wants. Because I, I, think, I think the whole idea in society sometimes mixed up the whole submissive role and the whole mm. leadership idea because they don't understand the concept. It just has a leader you're supposed to serve. When, they, when the Bible does tell your wife to serve, serve your, uh, your, you know, your husband and things like that, being a leader is no different than that. It's, it, says, it says, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Die for the church. <laughs> you think about it in that concept. So you got to be at the front end. Um, and, and that's what it is. But you also have to be, you know, all impact. It's you first. Um, you know, if, if something bad happened, you got to take care of it. Um, mm. You got to be it. And that's what I consider a leader. And, and um, I think a lot of women would not, um, would not accept a lot of men in terms of leadership because if they've never seen, if they never dated a man who portray any aspect of leadership, it's kind of hard to accept that. Especially if so many men you expected to do it failed you, now you're coming like, yeah, I'm good on my own. I could do this all on my own. And a lot of women do fall into that. Um, you know, independence is good, that overly independence where it's like, no man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll do this. Let me fix it yeah. my own. <laughs> and I had to go through a transition with my wife. I had to first tell her, look, I'm not, you know, my wife had a son before we got married. Uh-huh. My, our son, I consider my son, yes. but I always tell people that because um, once you, you know the difference, because um, mm-hmm. we're celibate until we're married, you'd be like, well, how you got an eight year old? You messed up somewhere now. <laughs> um, but uh, the thing is that she, when we first started, she would literally treat me like I was her son. I'm like, first of all, time out. I am a grown man. I can do these things myself. And you know, we have things where she go to the grocery, um, the grocery store. She want to push her own cart, do her own thing. And I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. Because cart? she'll do her own thing. <laughs> she wanted to do. I, I, I can't imagine someone else pushing my cart. Uh, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, well, she wouldn't push her own, and I'm like, look, that's what I'm here for. I can carry this. I can push this. I can that's do good. this. And it's like, um, it's a whole process because we're both literally we're used to being alone um, mm-hmm. by ourselves, doing things ourselves. Especially me, I've been, let's say we're go-getters. My wife has been a single mom for a while and I've been wow. single for a while. I just, we just do our thing, but we brought that balance in. Um, and I think leadership is very important because once you keep the structure, it, it, it's good. Because it's, it's fun. Even my son, it, bring, it stabilizes him a little bit because he kind of, you know, there's even aspects of women as nurtured that they let a 
lot of stuff go. So, really? And, and it's like, it's like if my mom called me, well, Eli was doing this, and I'm like, put him on the phone. Hello? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Oh, <clears throat> okay. Let me turn to page seven. Oh, okay. This is long. You want me to read it? Yes, please. Which one is this? Let's see which one. Oh, yeah. This is one of my favorite ones. Okay. It says, there is a silent war in his mirror, one with a history that is out to conquer his mind. There's a loud battle in his mind. And am I enough fight over his manhood? Am I tall enough? Am I good looking enough? Am I successful enough? Am I man enough? Countless allies of his insecurities bomb his happiness, attempting to overpower everything good in him. He is fighting an invisible crusade that only the soul knows, the spirit recognizes, and the naked eyes easily miss. War zone. That went, yes, yes. that went too. I love that one just because I think like as women, we always look at like our insecurities and things of that nature we overlook like what men are going through yeah, like what they're thinking what they're mind. thinking like they it made me be like oh y'all y'all be thinking about yourself like that too and, you right. know we kind of just think of this man as like this hardened man you know he has emotions but we're not thinking about like oh am i too short am i too tall yeah. you know yeah. those insecurities but yeah, well, we so. kind of talked about that before about mm-hmm. how you know we sometimes women make a comment an innocent comment in front of um our significant other and then they may feel some kind of way about that comment. I think it's mm-hmm. you know aimed towards them. Right. Mm-hmm. Like um, subliminally. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and. For instance, you know, just if I say something about someone being tall and if you know my significant other is short you know, short or <laughs> average, then he feels like, oh she like tall men or she wanna pick me. Really? You know? Oh like, you wanna be for tall Exactly. Yes. Yeah, so I get comments. You know, like that. You don't leave me for a man with more money. Well, uh, right, a millionaire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Oh, God, you work at the hospital now. You gonna go leave me for a doctor? You gonna get you a dentist? You know, right? Like, more money. Yeah. <laughs> but that, I think it, it was, and that, that's why the whole the whole purpose of this book is to bring about the balance because women don't see that, especially you have the world where it talks about you know insecurities women deal with, especially dealing with the corporation idea of beauty and all this thing. But you never look at men where their idea of they're trying to be as materialistic as possible because they think that's what mm-hmm. that's the that's what they're supposed to look like or they're not tall or not mm-hmm. fit you know right. like you know, some guys soon they start getting fat it's like you know they women think it's just them but men will go through that stuff first mm-hmm. I, hate, I hate the weight that i've gained and some my wife always said me i love you little there is all those kind of impact. There's insecurity. There's not just one person because they're human beings just like women. Yeah. So they deal with these things. And, you know, I've had a lot of insecurities that my wife, even when my wife came in and she was talking about complimenting me, and I was like, this is weird. Why are you complimenting me? Mm-hmm. My wife actually was like, oh, my short little, I love you. And, <laughs> short, and, and she did tell me she never dated no one this short, but she made me feel good about it. I'm yes. Like, okay. Oh, yes. Yeah. And it's like, you Everyone has them. As long as you're breathing, you have certain things you don't feel comfortable about, mm-hmm. and you still have to heal from them. And I feel like men overlook because you never see the battle they're having with society's um, uh, standard. Right. Yeah. Definitely agree. There was so much from him that I think there was one that made me like 
kind of check myself. I just don't remember which one it was. 17. Oh, you, that should be quite a bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got yikes. <laughs> oh, yeah, 17. I put yikes right. Okay. Okay. Let, ooh, I'm so sad. Okay. It says, let's be honest. You didn't love him. He was an escape out of your loneliness. Your therapy for attention. Yet here you are still trying to convince him that your heart is shackled to his love. That your love existed existed for his existence. And now he's running away. You keep throwing more empty words to keep him from being willing to search for someone who doesn't have to pretend. Liar! <laughs> I was like, ooh. Ooh, oh. Wow. I, was, I was like, ooh, I have been this woman. Right? You know how when you're in church and the pastor be preaching <laughs> and you just be getting all uncomfortable in your seat. Like, yeah, that's how I felt. You know, reading that one, it was like, ooh, okay. Yes. And that, I love, I love the fact that you said it checked you. Because mm-hmm. one of the things that I wanted on there, because in unheard some men, it's like I met a, a guy at the last of the book tour that didn't happen because of the pod, and he was crying talking about how the things that hurt that he didn't do for his woman. Wow. My idea of him is to get women to actually check those things and, right. and like, oh snap, you know, maybe I. And, and my wife even said, oh shoot, <laughs> <laughs> whoa, yeah, 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 yeah. don't go there with it. Okay, <laughs> okay. Oh, <laughs> I know I was doing it like that, but just, yeah. that's, that's and, yes. then, and that's it. And then the idea is that there are women who are misleading men, but mm-hmm. it's comfortable because, you know, there's even one I talk about friend zone. If a man put a woman in a friend zone, it's like, you're over- overlooking a good thing. Mm-hmm. So the woman put the man in a friend zone. Right. Well, I just don't want him. Uh, you know, he just can't trust my, I can't respect my boundaries and things like that. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> there, so there is that. You know, it, there's not, you know, there's double standards in everything. everything. But everything. I think once you bring the balance, it's necessary. And there are men who are fighting, you know, tr- who, who, they're not fighting. They're somewhat, the women who are fighting for those men or trying to keep them in relationship, that they don't even want them in the relationship. They just, you know, some women do date for the fact they get attention or right. they get, it's comfort and things like that, but they never admit it. But sooner men date for other reasons and some men will try to get something else out of you. And mm-hmm. then it's like, oh, you guys dogs. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it's using someone in a whole different manner. Mm-hmm. One is actually a little bit more extreme, but using people. But you're still, still using someone. Yeah, mm-hmm. still wrong. I think about it like that. Yes. I would like to say I'm better. <laughs> I don't do that no more. Oh, 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 Okay, I have one, and this one kind of reminded me, it's like a spiral off the one Kobe had read, but it just really, really meant so much to me. It says, you do so much to save those dates, yet never get another day on on their calendar. By now, I'm praying that you see it's not who you try to be tonight for that man, that you will make him desire you but how true you are to yourself and what he sees in you. Wow. Yeah. So you don't have to be a man. I think it kind of applies to men when you think about that balance. Like, he don't have to worry about his insecurities. Just be the best version of you. You don't have to worry about trying to upkeep and please this person. 
just be the best version of you. Is that what can you yeah, elaborate? Yeah, that's along the line. And one of the things uh, it really um, captured, don't you got it? Could have both. <laughs> I'll get six scenes when I released it. And it was my birthday as well. Hey, oh my so God. So they both was based hey, on my birthday. Leo. <laughs> Leo. Leo. Her birthday's one yes. day. Oh, one day before yours. Yeah. Oh, wow. Nice, Leo. Yeah. You're a tough cookie, huh? She's a Leo. Leo. Tough cookies. I'm a Gemini. Oh. I'm crazy. Leo. <laughs> I love Leo. <laughs> No, when I wrote this, one of the things that I had in mind too is I talked um, uh, about this in great use to um, today. It was about how sometimes once you start going out on those dates, you present a version of yourself that you believe is more lovable or the person can accept more, and you keep feeding that person that version. Then later on, you're like, okay, I start to introduce the real me. Because then your ideas, this version, they can love, and then when they fall in love with me, then I can show them the real me, the true color. But then you're like, <laughs> you just wasted months. Probably you just yeah. wasted all that time Ooh. building on a, not even a foundation because it's not a foundation. Yeah, so really one is. of the things my wife does up front, we, we reveal who we are. We, we put some secrets. Well, you know, I'm not saying lay everything out. Right. We did. This is what I deal with. This is what I've been through. This is what hurt me in the past. Wow. And so when we laid it out, it was like from the start, the conversation was, Okay, when I'm falling in love, I'm falling in love with the real you. I right. know who you are. I know the ugliness. I know the the, uh, the beautiful parts and so mm -hmm. forth. And what happens, people, you know, it's like they sell you that commercial. Yeah. You, after you fall for the commercial, it's like McDonald's. The burger looks so good. And you get there, <laughs> it looks like they just threw the cheese on there. Right. <laughs> right. 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 I want this, <laughs> not that. So, so, and I think that's important. It's like, look, when you go on that date, don't try to do too much stuff. You know, be yourself. Mm -hmm. Be the best version of yourself. I mean, if you want to present a high, best commercialized, ready, uh, you know, version, make it. Make sure it is the best version of yourself. Because at the end of the day, if you're trying to build love, the real you have to be. I have to come mm -hmm. out. Look, on my first date. With Kyle, I ordered a cheeseburger and I ate it. You know how exactly. like, women, you like trying to be cute. I was like, nah, 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 nah. you go see these big bites. Nope. <laughs> and I finished me. my burger. <laughs> my wife scared me the first time. My wife eats like me, and it was like, whoa. <laughs> Time out. And, <laughs> and then I was like, hers and mine. And I'm like, ooh. You want to those fries? But then, oh, go ahead. <laughs> but no, we were talking about, because um, we watch Love Is. Yeah. And that was one thing that was addressed on that TV show was um, the guy, he had a child and he was, you know, had been in a marriage. Mm -hmm. So he didn't present that to her until like, you know. A little like, later. Like, yeah, later on. It so was really that late. Oh, yeah, they kind of fast. Yeah. It was like day three. Mm -hmm. It was kind of soon. It was. But, it, but most the show people it seemed like that. it wasn't. Right. But most people don't do that. Most people withhold that information. So how oh, soon yeah. should you? Oh, for years. Some people yes. eat stuff in marriage. It just, it just throw it at you like, Oh, you gotta accept it now. You're in love. You're in love. What? So, how soon should you release that information? Is it the first date? Is it the second, third, I think, a week? I think you just start. Um, you should start laying the ground on the first date, but you 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 should start telling them enough, but also voice the fact that you're also gonna gonna be hesitant about because it's it's perfectly comfortable to be hesitant about sharing everything. It's just you don't want to tell someone everything for the first day and they walk out and they exactly. put their own dirty laundry out. That's yeah. real. You want to set the foundation, set the tone, say, you know, tell them enough, then build. It was like 
for my wife and I, it was like my third, fourth, fourth form conversation. They were like, yeah, I'm terrible. I'm terrible. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it, you have to find that comfort level of where you see the potential. When I saw my wife, um, you know, I can say, I, I didn't like her at first. I didn't like her at first. It was not like, oh, you're beautiful. Yeah, it was more like, and then we were competing against each other at the first conference. It was like, oh, you know, show off. <laughs> but then it was like conversation. And it was like the one of the conversations I had with her in the middle of the group. And she, I didn't know I did this, but she still mentioned it because it's funny. And she mentioned how she had a son. And right there, and this is a group of people. I'm like, man, I don't get why some man can't take care of another person's child. I'll definitely be fine with it. She took it as a hint, and I think I subconsciously threw a hint. <laughs> right there, I started laying like, oh, the ground. Like, I started laying the ground. And it was just like, by the time we got to talk, you know, I'd say in the first few weeks where it were, for us, it was kind of the first few weeks because we had already met at a church conference and we had phone conversations and things like that. But you want to introduce it when you feel comfortable. You know that person can stay a little bit for the long run. Not just like, you can tell by the first conversation whether it's going to pull too far. Yeah. Sometimes you trick yourself that like, maybe I've tried 10,000 more times. Yeah. yeah. But you know, um, working that that's way. what we have to do. But it, it's necessary because some people get in marriage and they're figuring out new stuff. Me, I got in marriage. I was like... This is not new. We knew this a long time ago. True. Right. That's, that's where the healthy balance comes in. What um that poem reminds me of is we did a like she said we did a whole podcast about what love is, and so we asked that question on our Instagram, and basically someone put that in a relationship, like love is supposed to be your refuge, and I just thought that was so beautiful because like a lot of times we view relationships as like toxic and like oh i gotta go home to him i gotta do this i gotta do that but she placed it to where it's like no like that's your comforter your safe place your safe Mm -hmm. haven and i just Mm -hmm. thought that was so beautiful so when uh, that poem was just like you could just let everything down that's where you could undress yourself right Mm -hmm. and i and and i have something about that um in some of my books about Mm -hmm. You know, you suppose that person is supposed to be a version of your peace. They're supposed yeah. to—they're not supposed to be your ideal peace. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, it comes from God and yes. everything else. But they are supposed to add to, the keyword "add to." They're supposed to add yeah. to your happiness and things like. Yes. You're going home. If like, especially if you work a job, you are, you're fighting with with customers and probably your coworkers, and you go home, you got to fight with your in a relationship. Your whole life is about fighting. There's nothing right. happy and good about that. Um, really? But it's like, you know, my wife, This is she's my comedian. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's my sometimes chef. Oh, um, yeah. We joke with her, and she cracked the best jokes about me that sometimes I sit there like, <laughs> what? And we have like, we are what my what, what some people think, bro. You ever, you watch Martin. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how I'm last goofy and she she's always like that. We do the same we, we joke about stuff <laughs> so much. And like even like yesterday I called her about forgetting my phone in Uber and mm-hmm. an Uber car and she laughed like, <laughs> like it was serious. I was really stranded in Houston with my phone stuck in the Uber and I can't and, and it's just I come home, I know when I come home mm-hmm. it's not I don't resent coming home. I love yeah. coming home. Yeah. You know, my Beautiful. kids come and hug me. You know, you know, as I said, that's my son. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he treats me like a dad, and I and I love this um, as dad. You know, not like a dad. He treats me as his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we come home, they hug me. My wife, 
we do things and things like that. And that's a healthy relationship. And I think that's why I like so much because I'm like, there is healthy relationship yes. out there. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to look like love and hip hop all the time. Oh, no. you, you know, I that's, and America's good at marketing and promoting this toxic relationship yeah, because really. it brings about attention. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I wonder what Johnny's going to do next week. Yeah. <laughs> Is he gonna stab her or are you right. gonna stab her? Is that the baby or not? Why can't he just love her? Yes. Yeah, it's it's uh, the the idea of love being overly complicated self and and me, that's why I, I simplify things. Like it's not just men's problem, it's not just women's problem. It's understanding, uh, communication and things like that. And 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 love love can be complicated, but it's not. My wife, love is the easiest language to understand. A dog knowing you love. Um, oh, a person, true. a child, know when you love them. Action, wow. but we've been taught so much to complicate it Ooh. that it becomes so hard. It's like, well, you know, he didn't call me for the next last six months. I wonder if he's playing hard to get. But he didn't call you for six months. He's not he playing hard like to get. He didn't call you for six <laughs> really months. Really not a game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, she's she's playing hard to get, and there is people who are playing hard to get. And sometimes, you know, I've been in that situation. But again, that person still learned from the concept of love has to be complicated. Right. You know, I gotta give enough and say, look, no, if you like the person, I mean, I do believe a man should be should be pursuing a woman. Mm-hmm. But if you like the man, voice it. Like my wife came and she, my wife, what's so corny? My wife, <laughs> <laughs> I left the kitchen in the church and uh, I have no brownies. I have no idea. I don't work in the kitchen. She come ask me, is there any more brownie in the kitchen? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it have to do with me. And then I, I kind of got it. Oh, that's a hand. And then we start, we start talking. And it's like, uh-huh. right I mean, there. She, you know, it's kind of a little <laughs> obvious. But some people, you could flat out say, you don't have to make it a game. Right. Love is not a game. Because once mm. you start off with it being a game, now once you get in play, ooh, you know, that's that part. Like, that part. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Put the play on. Right. Like you heard that? Yes. <laughs> that touched the piss. That was for somebody else. Yeah, take it serious from the yeah. very start, because then. Ooh, then that's good. It, that's why I love definitely have to be. It has to be. I'm. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm gonna call. I was telling her this morning. I'm like, man, we're going on our first interview, and I'm like, I already talked to my wife twice this morning. That's crazy. And it was like, yeah, eight o'clock. It was about eight o'clock, and I had already talked to my wife twice. And I don't even know why I called her. <laughs> I, I, so, and so, sometimes she don't know what she called me, and only when I, only the, you know, when I'm working, I'm like, I kind of, I'm half listening to you. But that's what <laughs> it's the only time. Oh, that's beautiful. That's really beautiful. Yes. We really enjoyed our time with yes. you. So much fun. I learned so much in the short time. But I don't know. I just really love. I feel like her should be like with every woman because yes. it, it makes you know. Your worth and your value, and not settling. I'm 100 percent on that, not because I wrote it, yes. but because I hear so many feedback about it transformed. You have women that are suicidal, and they're mm-hmm. like, "I'm worth something." And yes, like, and I'm like, "Whoa!" Because mm-hmm. I didn't know. I try to change it to make it more poetic, and I, and even like one of my main pointers, I had to say, "Stop." It's changing live as it is, and if working, leave it. And you're talking about it. And it's not just an American culture. You have mm-hmm. the books in Pakistan, oh it's in the Philippines, and they all say the same thing. Mexico and everywhere they say the same thing. Like this empowers me. It makes me 
feel good about myself as a woman. It, it's important. So that's why when I look at, uh, at it, I'm like, I agree. Every woman should have it because Every it, woman it, should. it makes some feelings to my wife. Yes. You know, my wife, I think, I'm a little bit different because I say something, some of those mm-hmm. things to her. But it's like, it's necessary because especially, again, we're going against society. And in mm-hmm. society, it's, 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 it's always, um, you know, um, you know capitalization. Yeah. Uh, it's about how can I make you feel like you need me? Mm-hmm. And, and even once you do that with a relationship, it goes down. Because you, once wow. you, you're in a relationship, you're trying to make the person need you so much, it becomes where you manipulate them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what, you know, a lot that's of society good. do with women. You know, you have doing so many things. There's people who, they don't, you know, make amount of makeup they put and things mm-hmm. like that. There's nothing wrong Real with plates. it, but if that's what's driving you and make, driving your work, it's 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 not grounded. Because, you know, I, you know, we beautiful with makeup. I, I love my wife with my makeup. She put makeup on our life. But, you know, if your identity is in there, mm-hmm. you feel like you're only a, a whole and worth something when you are powdered up. Right. <laughs> that's that's where it's, it's, it's not. But I think... Um, I do believe that book. I love that book because of what it has done. Because then you're talking about it achieved the goal of me trying to bridge the gap with men and women. I'm talking mm-hmm. about these women are having healthy, because uh, a lot of it they go into, a lot of women go into relationship looking for happiness from that man. You're talking about he has a job of making himself happy. Then you got to take <laughs> yours off. Yeah. But the part you're not caring. Really? Uh, and, but I feel like if I make women feel that, find that worth, help them, not me, yes. help them find that worth and that a true happiness within themselves, then when that man comes, he adds to your happiness. Yes. That's what you, that's what your your partner is supposed to do. My, I was happy with what my wife, she added to my happiness, mm-hmm. added a lot. And, and also, at this point in my life, I need my wife. People to think if you need someone, it's bad, you know, when it's one-way street. That's when, mm-hmm. as I was talking about, it's unhealthy. It's right. mm-hmm. Me and my wife, we need, because of the love, we need each other. There's nothing that's wrong beautiful. with that. Um, that's why y'all calling each other all the time. I'm sorry? <laughs> so that's why y'all calling each other all the time. Like, I don't even know why I'm calling you. Yeah, that's why. Right. need to hear your voice. <laughs> yes. I, I do that with my mom. Crazy. <laughs> We're just talking about, there's a lot of stuff we laugh about that people can't laugh about. Mm-hmm. about themselves mm-hmm. my wife can make a comment it used to be an area that i'm insecure about but because she's loved the mm-hmm. mess out of that insecurity it's like you actually can make all kind of jokes you right. want and i'm also tough skin but it, it's that and, and and one thing we do is balance to it see if we make this joke is it okay when my wife says no i'm like Ooh. I mean those areas those sensitive areas yeah you have to because you have to be always considerate of the other person's feeling you know there, you know there's things that I stopped doing just because it hurt my wife you know, as a businessman I used to just talk to people at 12 o'clock whatever time gotcha. what I was used to as a single and sometimes it's it's women mm-hmm. my wife's like look I don't feel comfortable with that yeah she better instead of me arguing it with her like it didn't wait you know what? I'm You're not right. gonna talk to you. <laughs> yeah. Talk to me during working hours. Yes. Um, People respect that, it. And that's that's that and that's where you gotta be considerate. And I think sometimes we are too selfish that you're like, mm-hmm. we're like, no, I'm not gonna do it. Sometimes people aren't even cheating or anything per se. It's just just hard headed because they don't yeah. wanna be told what Defensive. to do. But yeah. uh, but you have to create those healthy boundaries because that's what I've been able to do. It's like anything I'm like, if it hurts her, 
I got a consumer. It's like, it's like people do argue about formal. Her password is my password. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, and it's not like we have, we don't check each other. I mean, I need her phone, she needs my phone. Sometimes, I have three phones, yeah. so she, it's not like she's worried about me hiding anything. She has passwords to all of them. She's using them when I don't even know, mm -hmm. period. So it's like she has access to my Instagram. And, and I want them to, if anybody ever <laughs> say anything, kind of like, you know, out of, out of order, I'm mm -hmm. like, I'm snitching on you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what's up. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. That's what you said. Awesome. Ooh, are we gonna do the soul kill routine? Oh, we ain't really got time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so what? What time is it? Man, we've been talking. It's affirmation time. It's affirmation time. Hey. It's affirmation. Guys, <laughs> if this is your first time tuning in on Soul Feeling Podcast, I feel sorry for you because our souls was just blessed. But I just need you all to understand. We always, 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 always end our show with a positive affirmation. So some of you all may be like, what the heck is an affirmation? An affirmation is any positive or negative statement you could be using to transform your life, either for the glow of the glam, the amazingness, your passion, or for the negative, the gloomy demise. So I hope you're not speaking negativity in your life on a day-to-day basis, y'all. Uh, even if you want to reference the Bible, it states, let the weak say I am strong. So even on them days you feeling weak, you feeling sick and writing whole books and things, <laughs> like, don't affirm you feeling weak, y'all. Instead, affirm that I'm about to get this thing done. I'm living my best life. I'm about to go out here and accomplish my goals. came up but I like it mm -hmm. I am healed okay. I am worthy of love wealth prosperity and whatever God has for me oh yes, yes. I am loving myself in spite of any outside opinions mm. yes I am patient more patient than I am now, and I am wiser. Yes, love it. So please tell the people where you're at on social media, where your book is at, where you gonna be at. Oh, well, it's gonna be out, out on Tuesday, but we, we <laughs> might have some listeners from other parts of the world. Time? Yeah, you on tour, so just let them off. Yeah, okay, I'll give you the whole detail right now. You can find me online at uh, my um, Instagram, Pierre Genty, P-I-E-R-R-E, -R -R -E, last name J-E-A-N-T-Y, one word, Pierre Genty. Uh, Facebook is Pierre Alex Genty. Uh, Pinterest is Pierre Genty. Anytime you type Pierre Genty on any social media, <laughs> you will find me. And also, I have my brand, Gentlemanhood. Um, the man is plural, M-E-N, and you would, this is where I discuss mainly relationship topics and all a lot of things from a male's perspective, while for poetry is on Pierre Gypsy. So gentlemen, if you type it anywhere, I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, anything that comes out. 
Awesome. Y'all better follow him and y'all better get this book yeah, for oh, a woman you love. The yes. books can be found at every Barnes and Noble store on Amazon and also on Kindle, iBooks, and different um, ebook readers. And um, and they are actually hers and your uh, local Target. Yes. Um, and him and her volume two should be coming there soon. So for pretty much a book, you could grab them almost just anywhere. Um, you know, I have only two books that you can get on Amazon only, which is the Apologies I Never Came book. Um, and um, one I have for my wife in love with you, but um, you can find me anywhere. Yes. And I will be on tour. Oh, yes. yes. I forgot about Sorry. that. <laughs> and as of this weekend, obviously, you guys know um, I will be doing New Center in Texas. Then September 29th, I will be in St. Louis. Then hey. after that, we have Kansas. Yes. Um, Overland Park, Kansas. Then after that, we have um, Omaha, Nebraska, where my hey. wife is from. Wow. Then we have um, Orlando on October 19th and October 25th. Uh, I am in LA. Hey! hey. 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 And I mean, both of these books are good for both men and women. Like, him will check you if you're a woman, yes. and her will make you feel uplifted. And then her will check you if you're a man, mm -hmm. and him will make you feel uplifted. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Definitely. Okay, guys. So you know where to follow us. We're on Instagram at Soul Filling Podcast. We're on Twitter at Soul Filling Podcast. We're basically everywhere on Soul Filling Podcast. But if you're listening to us on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts or Google Play, Make sure you subscribe and make sure you share with everyone you know. And if you love Pierre, and which we know you did, let yeah. him know. Hit him up on social media and say, hey, <laughs> I love you on that Soul Feeling podcast. You were yes. really speaking to me. Okay, yes. guys. Well, before you guys stop, I want to say, ladies, I love what you guys are doing. And thank you for having me. It's an honor. I love the conversation. I love the program conversation. Even though I was doing most of the talking. <laughs> but it was a pleasure. I like the question. I like that it's faith, uh, faith based. So I relate it. So thank you. It's an honor. And keep on. Thank uh, you. Thank you. <laughs> Same to you. All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. Love you so much. Bye.